0: Prosthetic limbs have come a long way since the very first one from ancient Egypt. By the way, it was a big toe made of wood and leather. Now the most high-tech devices are mind-controlled, translating brain waves into movement. But these state-of-the-art prosthetics often involve invasive brain surgeries, and they come with a hefty price tag that can exceed hundreds of thousands of dollars, making them wildly inaccessible for most people. But now, 17-year-old inventor Benjamin Choi is doing something about it. He set out to create an affordable mind-controlled prosthetic Ben's story is part of our series of impressive young inventors who are taking on big problems. Ben hails from McLean, Virginia. Ben, welcome to Science Friday. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Nice to have you. Tell me what inspired you to create a cheap prosthetic arm.
1: I was initially inspired when I watched a 60 Minutes documentary on brain-controlled prosthetics. I was super amazed by the amazing potential impact of this technology to improve lives, but alarmed that the form of mind control used in this documentary required this really risky open brain surgery and costed over $450,000. So after conducting a lot of extensive research into the many shortcomings of current upper limb prosthetics, I was inspired to come up
0: with a non-invasive solution. Can you walk me through the basics of how it works?
1: Sure. So my solution employs this electrode that's placed on the center of your forehead. And essentially, all the time when you're awake, you have these electrical signals. And essentially, the underlying theory behind my project, which is that these electrical signals are correlated to your underlying brainwave activity. And so if we can decipher these electrical signals, we can ultimately figure out what you're thinking and then use that to control a prosthetic arm. The problem with this is that these electrical signals on your forehead, because They're not invasive because they're one step removed from the actual brain itself. They're very complex and hard to decipher. And so what I used to decipher these very complex electrical signals was this new AI algorithm that I created. I collected brainwave recordings from this wide slate of human participants. And then I used those recordings to train this new artificial intelligence model that essentially learns to decipher those electrical signals and figures out what you're thinking.
0: Wow. So were you successful in controlling a prosthetic using that kind of technology?
1: Yes, the AI algorithm is very effective. The structure of the model actually is that it's designed to tailor itself to each individual user over time. And so the more brainwaves it gets from a a user, the better the AI gets at reading those specific brainwaves.
0: So your AI is basically teaching itself. It's, It's getting better the more it gets used.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: And uh, what kinds of prosthetics can it control now? So right now it's just optimized for this
1: upper limb prosthetic arm, but definitely one of the things I'm super interested in exploring in the future is this AI algorithm for brainwave interpretation could have so many more applications beyond just upper limb prosthetics. I think it could be used for so many different brain-computer interface applications, like, for example, helping patients with ALS communicate.
0: Right. But now we have heard of other people working on such projects. What is your competitive advantage in the way that you do this?
1: One of the advantages of my system is because I'm using AI to interpret brainwaves and sort of fill in some of the gaps, the system can work with very little data. So I actually only need one sensor on the forehead and, and then one baseline sensor versus conventional EEG setups require hundreds and hundreds of electrodes, making them really impractical for everyday use. In fact, my system is has achieved the highest ever accuracy on interpreting EEG data from just one sensor. It's at over 95%. The previous best was around 73.8%,
0: I believe. Wow. Wow. So why do you get such better results? I think
1: the the main thing driving the success is not only the fact that I'm using this AI algorithm, but this AI algorithm I've developed has a very special structure as well. Essentially, what I'm doing is I'm taking different ai models that have completely different structures and i'm giving them each the same packet of data and each of these new ai models essentially outputs their own prediction independently of the other models and then they conduct like a bit of a vote and so what i'm trying to do here is i was trying to fill in the potential gaps that one ai model might have at predicting brainwaves through these other models that approach the problem completely differently and think in a completely different way
0: Hmm. So you haven't invented a different kind of sensor. You've actually created much better AI to interpret the brainwaves. And what's your next step with this?
1: Sure. So I definitely want to make this something that amputees can actually use and, you know, see this all the way through. One of the things that's been really inspiring for me is I've been able to work with an upper limb amputee who's provided a lot of feedback on my work, which has been super cool and, and definitely really motivating in this process. Next, I'm definitely hoping to test this device on actual upper limb amputees and continue to get more feedback. And so I can keep improving it until it can be something that people can actually use.
0: How has the response been to what you wanted to do? Has it been supportive or have people sort of said, oh, yeah, you yeah, go ahead. Try to do that.
1: Yeah, I think the response has been Very positive, especially I've had so many members of the amputee community actually reach out and talk to me and and give feedback and advice that's been just so helpful for me throughout this process. And so, yeah, I think I received a, a lot of support from them.
0: Now, I understand you're going to Harvard next semester. Congratulations. Are you going to be continuing your work there?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, there are tons of ways I really want to continue to improve this project. One is specifically with the actual physical model of the prosthesis itself. Designing it was a very lengthy process, but there are still so many ways I'd like to continue to upgrade the design. And some of these will require you know, investments in, in new materials or new socket fitting that I'll really want to do. I was fortunate enough to receive a lot of funding from this company in California, Polyspectra, who really helped me on the material side. But... Still, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in sort of creating a socket. And also another thing is the clinical trial process is a very lengthy process. It can be very expensive. And so that's another thing I would really like to get more funding on. And then just, of course, continuing to improve my algorithm, advance that even further.
0: Benjamin Choi, inventor and student in McLean, Virginia, heading to Harvard this coming semester.